Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 179 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. I drink it every single morning. That's true. The only mornings I don't drink it is when I run out and I have to drink something else, and I'm not as happy about having to drink something else as I am about drinking Couchtown. I ordered some recently, got a nice variety pack of different coffees in. I love them all. They're amazing. You should check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, let them know that Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Vince Beneshek. He was on the podcast uh, like three years ago was the first time he was on the podcast. That's a long time ago. Episode 24 was his first episode, and this is episode 179. Wow. That's pretty wild. He's come a long way in that short amount of time, too. Uh, When I first started talking to him, he played guitar, but he didn't really play shows or do anything. And then not too long afterwards, we went to a jam night and... He kind of found some buddies in near his hometown that played music, and he started a band, and within three years, he's been playing shows, he's fronted a band, he's playing with other musicians. He's come a long ways, and it's really kind of cool. So we sit down and we catch up about that. We talk about uh, just different things we feel and think about music, you know, the difference between playing off the cuff for most of a show or, or setting all the solos and everything out exactly where they're supposed to be, uh, treating playing music like a job but also kind of not just you know going out there and having fun with it and uh yeah we talk about all sorts of stuff like that in this episode it's a really good episode i really enjoy sitting down talking with vince every chance i get and you know kind of sucks the older we get the less we get to talk but you know what that's still cool i i enjoy the guy uh i've known him for quite a while now and it's it's fun to watch him grow as a person and as a musician so i hope you guys enjoy this episode it's 179 with vince beneshek of Vinny and the Night Prowlers. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. So today I am sitting down with Vince Beneshek. Vince... You've been on the podcast a few times before. Um, I was actually thinking about that the other day. And then On My Memories popped up like three years ago was the first time you were on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) It was like just this last week. So, uh, yeah, it's been three years, which is wild to think about, you know? Heck yeah, man. uh, Well, it's funny because I was listening to the last one you did with Clint. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're like, oh, he's been on here like seven times, you know, or whatever. And it's like, everybody likes listening to Clint, though, you know. And, mm-hmm. Well, heck yeah, man. I, you know, I'll go see, you know, well, he mentioned some other stuff on that podcast, too, like about, oh, don't, you know, expect your friends to show up. And I I never do, you know, mm-hmm. that. But, uh, you know, I always go out and support like guys like you or, or Clint, just because you guys are freaking awesome for the music community and what you guys do i mean whether you be in the podcasting you're always going to the jam nights yeah uh, he's putting that on you know gotta gotta love clint for that but uh yeah no i can't believe it man uh three years ago shoot i barely knew how to play and and here i am middle of i'm playing with a few different people now and Mm -hmm. 
and uh just doing the thing man can't wait to finish up some recording stuff which i thought was going to be finished like five months ago but <laughs> welcome to how recording works <laughs> yeah. it's three, like yeah three finger betty's got a new album coming out may, maybe in 2022 <laughs> yeah know? right it's, it's no fault of anyone's it's just the way it works you know it's unfortunate but yeah i mean it is crazy to think about how far we've come i mean not just as musicians but like as people and and you know uh yeah, that's nice. I I should have unplugged the refrigerator. Everyone can I think everyone can hear that. But anyways, that's so all right. uh yeah, I mean it's it's pretty wild to think that like, you know, 3 or 4 years ago, I'd say it's probably about 4 or so years ago like you and I first met like at, you know, go I went back to school and you were going to school and we were both kind of like older than other people. Right. I, mean, I mean, you were only a couple years older than everyone else, but I was, you know, a little bit older than that. But like you commented on a maiden shirt I had on and I was like, "All right, this guy's cool." Yeah. So then we just kind of had like a, a budding friendship. We ended up going to that one jam night. Uh, it was in Bode. Yeah. And that was pretty fun. You know, that was the first time I, I got to play a, like with you. And it's just crazy because I really haven't gotten to play too many shows live with you, which is like right. kind of wild too. Like when I think about it, I feel like we've played together more than we ever actually have because we don't usually do that too much. Right. Well, and that and, and uh, you know, that thing in Bode actually popped up on my memories too. So I shared it, you know, tagged everybody that I could that was there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, man, you know, like, thank, you know, that was my first time ever doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I look back to that now. I'm like, wow, you know, Pete, I, I always tell people, I was telling people the other night um, at Byron's, uh, that show you and Clint played, you know, I was like, well, you know, Pete's one of the only reasons that I'm, I'm playing, you know, cause he took me out and did that. And I had so much fun. I was like, man, I want to do that again, you know? And I was scared to death, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's weird though. Like I used to just be like, all right, I've got like 10 or so songs. I know how to play and sing and I enjoy singing and playing. And I would just go to jam nights. And if somebody didn't sing or play one of them, I would, I would throw it out there, you know? And I had a few in my back pocket that like nobody ever, you right. know, like, it's weird to me that nobody plays going down at like any jam nights I've ever been to. Dude. It never happens. And it's like, <laughs> this song is jam central. Right. Like you could have 40 guitar solos in here. So otherwise I don't, I don't know. So that was like one we ended up playing together, but like I used to go to a lot of jam nights and sing and play. Now I don't do so much of it anymore. I don't know why. Like some of it's probably just like being shy. I had like a really poor interaction with somebody uh, at a jam night when I was singing and playing. Uh, somebody in the crowd said some ludicrously unkind uh, things yeah. and that was like enough to just be like, all right, I guess I'm not going to sing and play much anymore. <laughs> I heard, I, I remember you told me about that. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> yeah. The real story is pretty wild, but, uh, generally speaking, that's what's happened, you know? So, uh, yeah, that was enough to like kind of shock my system, but it's kind of cool to see that like you went from just like playing shows to just being like, now I'm going to sing and play. And you ended up playing like the rock and picnic was kind of like your first big gig like yeah. here in Humboldt. And that's, that was like the, that was the night prowlers like first gig. Yep. Like legit. Mm -hmm. We had played with a, you know, another band that Travis was in, uh, on their like breaks. Like they'd play a set and then we'd play like a half an hour set. And I just plugged my guitar into Merle's amp and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Bob would sit on, on Andy's kit. And that's how we kind of got started. Well, in that whole rock and picnic thing, which would have been coming up on, it would have been on like a year and a half ago now, but mm -hmm. um, this year, rock and picnic, it would have been two years ago. And uh, Scott just kind of hit me up for that deal. And he's like, hey, we had a band back, our opening band backed out. Like, 
do you want to do an hour? I'm like, oh, let me ask the guys. I'm pretty sure, yeah. He goes, well, I saw this video of you, like, duck walking across the stage, you know, ripping out a guitar solo to Johnny Be Good or something. You know? mm-hmm. He's like, that was awesome. I didn't even know you were you were doing something like this. And, and I, I've recently talked to him a little bit, too, because I've been playing with that Eli Alger Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a country band thing, and actually he posted something on the Iowa Live Music thing, uh, the group or whatever. We were actually playing a show in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, cool. And uh, Scott, like, messaged me. Or no, he commented on it, and he's like, hey, I didn't know you were doing this, because he knows who this E-like it is, and mm-hmm. and uh, he's seen him before. And, and I was like, yeah, so I messaged him. I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah, we've, I've been playing with him for, you know, almost a year now. Um kind of jammed that started off as you know he'd see i've known him like my whole life but uh he'd see my videos on on my snapchat he's like man you're getting good at guitar you know you want to sit in with me sometime i was like ah we'll see Mm -hmm. and uh he was playing in my hometown when i happened to be home one time and i get like plastered okay i'm i'm hammered and i walk into this bar and he's he's playing. I totally forgot he was even playing that night. And I walk in, and I he sees me. Like as soon as I walk in, I don't know how because, like, to explain this, you got to go through the bar all the way around the bar, and then to basically a separate room, mm-hmm. which has like these sliding doors, basically. Um, and he just happened to catch a glimpse of me right as I walked in. He says on his mic, "Oh, we got a special treat here, you know, guys. Uh, you all know who Vinny Benishek is. He's gonna come up and." And play guitar with me, and I'm like, he like puts me on the spot there, and I'm I'm smoked, and I'm just like, okay, fine. So I did, and got the guitar tuned up, and and he had another dude playing with him that was singing a couple songs, but I used his guitar, ended up playing lead, and it was it worked out. And he's like, well, why don't you play with me a little more? And uh, we we've been doing that, and uh, been through a lot of people actually in that that gig, but uh, right now there's kind of got a, a set fiddle player and this dude uh, named Josh well he's from Lincoln actually uh he's he's freaking amazing I mean he's taught me a little bit you know what certain scales to play on guitar and and stuff to make it sound more country because I'm not a country guitar player mm-hmm. at all <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> and, I, I feel that but uh you know I've had I've had a little bit of fun with that and it's it's been a learning experience for sure but um you know, it's hard to say, hey, I want to commit myself to something like this when, when I've got something so good and special, I guess, with my three-piece, mm-hmm. you know, with the Night Prowlers. And and because that's, you know, I have so much fun with those guys. And that's another thing you said on the podcast with Clint, you know, there's certain guys you play with, you you know, play with them so much. Or like you had been playing with Jesse so much that you just know it's your time to hit something or it's like me bob and travis mesh so well that we know whenever something's gonna happen or uh, bob will roll into something and travis will change his baseline underneath the solo and they'll start playing something else and it it's just as a three-piece it's it's kind of dynamic and mm-hmm. and you know we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants when we're doing it it's like a little jam but it's not because we're playing legit songs you mm-hmm. know not just one four five stuff either mm-hmm. that you you can get away with a lot of that in, but you know, I guess at our last show that the Night Prowlers played was in Cedar Rapids at this little bar called Whiskey Joe's, mm-hmm. and uh, we we ended up like 
having a real good crowd. Um, I would say one of the better crowds, and we kept them there the whole time. And I mean, because we were just ripping it down. And uh, props to this dude named Brent that uh, he brought this seven. Like he knows I like my hollow body three thirty five. Mine's an Epiphone that I did some modifications to. Probably talked about it on the um, in path podcasts. But uh, you know, I'm I'm doing that thing, and and uh, he he had seen me at the jam night there because they have a jam on Wednesday nights at this place, and uh, like the week before. He was in there and had this 74 ES335, beautiful guitar, man. And he's like, hey, you want to play this thing? You know, I'm like, heck, heck yeah, I want to play that <laughs> thing, you know. And so I get up there, well, he comes to our show and brings that guitar, and I play, like, my first set with my guitar, and he goes, well, you want to play that other guitar? You know, I brought it. And it's like, heck yeah, dude, I'll play it at the gig. And and so it was just cool to play a vintage Gibson like that. And, yeah. And uh, just really nice. I mean, it sounds, and, it, and the fretboard is so smooth on that thing. You know, it's, it's, hey, pupper. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and and that's the thing, I guess. I'm I'm so used to my guitars, too, but, but that one almost just kind of fell in. It felt right, you know. Um, I guess it's a similar body style to what I'm already playing, but... It's just like that neck was like butter, you know. I was like, whoa, you know. And uh, that was a really cool experience. And I guess uh, it was super cool because we're we're sitting there. And a lot of the times, like, I'll have a written down set list of what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we were working up some Ted Nugent stuff. And I just, like, looked up. I looked over to Travis after we played a song. I was like, well, what do you, what do you want to play, man? Because it's like we've got maybe 25 minutes left, half an hour left of this gig. I'm like, well, screw it, you know. What do you guys want to play? Travis goes, well, let's do some of that Nugent stuff, man. And somebody, like, in a in a crowd goes, yeah, I'll play some Ted Nugent, man. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I'd start, like, tearing up Great White Buffalo. And, you know, and going after him. People start, like, going nuts. They're like, holy crap, this this guy can play this, you know. Whoa, you know, and we we rock right through it and people were like yeah you know way into it you know and they're like do another one you know and i was mm-hmm. like okay uh well since that one went over well let's play another ted nugent song this one's called stormtrooping which nice. i actually started learning because i learned on guitar because you were playing it a lot you know and yep, yep. and uh so uh i started playing that which i always i always knew on bass i guess and it's not, it's basically the same on guitar. It's pretty similar anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we kind of learned all the stops in that one, I guess. And I guess there's only one type type of deal. But they have that little bridge part after the second uh, verse. That, yeah, and, that's a little bit different than everything else. Yeah. Right. And and we uh, we start, like, hammering this out. And, uh, you know, again, people are, like, going nuts. And we're like, okay, you know, well, this is going over well. And... Which I don't, I don't ever really expect those like hard rocking songs to go over too well. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people that are like just just enjoy the bluesier stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but those man, it's you lay them down, and when you lay them down like that, I guess I got to talking with Travis about it. And I was just like, man, if you can go in there, it doesn't matter what kind of music you're playing, um, you know. But if if you go in there and lay it down and blow people's faces and blow blow their brains, you know, mm-hmm. every, they're going to like it, whether they like rock and roll or not or whatever. You know, most people just enjoy live music. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you just go in there, and, and if you can lay it down and, and make it sound pretty good, people are going to like it. And that's what I've really learned about, you know, doing my thing. Because uh, when we started the Night Prowlers, it was basically just for a fun thing that's kind of turned into a little more than that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we always said, well, we're just we're going to play the music we want to play. I don't take a lot of requests. I will if I know something like, hey, you want? can you guys play this band, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, play CCR. Okay, I know Born on the Bayou. You know, I'll play that for you, which is never a song we actually play, but, um, you know, if somebody requests something like that, whatever, fine, I'll play it. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we always just play the stuff we want to play, and I guess that's the the fun part for me, my my favorite part about it. Oh, well. It looks like we're going to have a little interruption. The dog's in here now. Hey, hey dog. <laughs> excitable dog. Not not to be confused with excitable boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, that's, that's a big distraction going on here uh, yeah, for people right. watching on, on the Patreon. You get it, but uh, you're probably used to it by now. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, when we first started playing, I feel like you and I kind of, like, I was barely... As weird as it sounds, I was probably, like, where you're at now was probably where I was, generally speaking, like, experience-wise, like, when you and I first met each other. So, like, you know, just add another three years to that, and, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm more experienced than you, because I'm not front, I'm not a front man. I'm not singing and playing places, you know, and I'm not covering four-hour shifts all by myself, pretty much, you know. (laughs) Not that you're doing it by yourself, but you're, you know, when you play with your band, you're pretty much... I don't want to say in charge, but you're kind of in charge. You're leading the pack up there, you know? Yeah, it really is just, you know, those guys are playing rhythm, and I'm I'm doing whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it's, like I say, I leave it open to whatever those guys want to do behind me, too, as long as it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is the one thing. Like, we were doing, like, four-hour shows, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, I'm not doing another four-hour, because me being the one guy singing lead like bob sang a couple like maybe two songs back then mm-hmm. but i was like man my vocal cords like can't handle going balls to the wall you know like that for four hours at a time and it, it was like literally it it would be i would play one of those and i would like drop to my knees when it was all done and like just lay down for a little bit like i go to a booth or something at a bar and i just sit there and like lay my head down and i was like dehydrated even though i've been chugging water all night Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like whoa you know my head's my head's banging because i've been freaking i don't want to say screaming but you know singing rock and roll is not an easy thing for that long so i just i'm like i'm playing like three hours Mm -hmm. from now on yeah and uh you know and that's cool and especially we got this actually I don't know if you know but uh we've had this dude named freddie jones he's this older cat from cedar rapids uh, he plays harp, and mm-hmm. he's incredible. Um, but he he sits in with us, and that makes it easier. Yeah, you know, on me, I guess I don't have to play every solo. I don't I don't have to do as as much. It just that that little bit is helps me tenfold. Yeah, it's kind of weird too, because like I understand that concept quite a bit. Uh, playing in Jesse's band for the last year and having Owen on bass for the last year was was pretty fun. Because if I ever like. You know, if I ever had that like brief little burnout feeling where I was just like, I don't want to play a solo, you know, or like I've, 
I just I take a little bit of a break. I just like look over at Owen and point at him, you know, and it's just like engage in a way he would go. So it is nice to have somebody else around that can kind of like, you know, take a little bit of weight off of you if necessary, especially right. if you're out there, you know, like I said, like playing all the leads or whatever it is, you know. Well, and that's the one thing too. Uh, another thing you brought up in the Clint podcast is like remembering lyrics. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. It's, it's like, dude, that's that's one thing. Like playing three hours, you know, or whatever. Remembering every lyric to every song. There's been a lot of times and people don't notice it, just because I can. I I kind of to the point where I'm I'm getting away with it. I'll forget something and I'll just start ad libbing stuff. I'll mm-hmm. just throw it in there. And it sounds really good, and I'll be like, after the show, I'll be like, hey, Travis, remember when we were playing this song, you know, like, and I just, I ad-libbed a whole verse, like, and it sounded badass, I want to listen to the recording of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, we've we've gotten to the point now where it's, like I said, it's like, there's a lot of freedom there, and, and we play everything our way, and that's that's my favorite part about it, like I said before, is we play everything the way we want to play it, and we don't care who you are you're either gonna like it or you don't and like i said usually when you're laying it down and you lay it down good people like it mm-hmm. so well, i think some of that comes down to the fact that i mean regardless of the fact that you've you've got a if for people that don't know like go listen to the band full band podcast i did with you guys but uh your bassist is blind so he's not yeah. going to be very high energy on stage you know <laughs> he, can, he can only move so far safely right you know because i've seen you guys playing on like you know, four or five foot stages, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, you don't want to tumble off that thing. So, and then your other person's a drummer. So he's sitting in one spot the whole time. So it's like kind of up to you to be the person that's high energy or whatever. And I, I do think that you have like a good attitude for like a front man, you know, you have the ability that people can tell that you're having a good time and you're putting a lot into it and they enjoy what you're doing and you can interact with people, you know, like that are out in the crowd, et cetera very well while you're up there playing i think that goes a long ways well that that too and and i want to touch on this i actually just bought a, a wireless unit mm-hmm. for my guitar best decision i've ever made <laughs> yeah. uh i was always like so old school about it like oh it's gonna ruin my tone and blah 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 it doesn't like i can't even tell the difference um with this one it's like a x vibe or something like that but awesome sounds good and I've been using that lately, and man, that's fun. I can jump down, and I can run around and, and do some fun things, go out there while I'm ripping a guitar solo and dance with the people that are out there, you know, and, and that's that's really fun to do. And that's another thing, man, is, you know, people people don't care what you're playing if you're laying it down, and, um, you know, if they see you're having fun and, like, you're not nervous or you're not, like, Oh, yada, yada. They see you having fun. They're, they're going to have fun. And mm-hmm. that's just what it is, man. People are like feed off the energy, you know? And, and that's, I, I think that's another part too, is when, you know, anybody out there listening that's maybe wants to play music or whatever, or, or maybe gets nervous sometimes about it, just go out there and have fun. There's no, you know, man, I, I get a little bit nervous. You know, I wouldn't say I'm as nervous as I used to get. But now it's like more of more of the nerves, I guess, is like a as like a, oh man, I'm getting jacked up and ready to play a show, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think uh, the big part about that is just have fun. Like it doesn't matter, you know. And another thing Clint brought up in the last one, people aren't gonna know when you mess up if you can hide it good enough, you know. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that there are situations where that happens. So like. 
it's going to sound weird to say, but like you, it doesn't have to just be like if you're playing leads and you play a wrong note, you know, you know, try, try and hide it by playing it again or whatever, you know, or like, right. et cetera, et cetera. I mean, sometimes you're playing in the rhythm section will mess something up. And it's just like, oh, that actually made like what I was soloing kind of not sound as good, you know? <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, it happens all the time. But like you said, if you can hide it well enough or or whatever, it's totally okay. Like, there's sometimes when I'm playing live and I'm, instead of like playing the rhythm part that I have in my mind that I feel like I should play, I'll just like start playing background leads instead. And like... A lot of times that'll be in a song where it's like, oh, I'm just bored of playing this. for This is the fourth verse. All right, I'm just going to play background leads. And it's like, oh, it actually kind of sounds good because it feels like the song is built up to something that's going to end now because the everything changed, you know, and there's no longer just somebody ripping out a background right. rhythm guitar section, you know, so. I totally get where that is, too. I actually did that the other night because Clint, yeah, I was playing your rig, actually, at, at Byron's and... I didn't really know the progression of one of these songs, but I I, I knew it enough to where um, I just started playing, like what you're saying, kind of a background lead. And I was playing like all the correct notes, like all the chords that Clint's playing at the same time, I would hit them in the like little lead thing. And I'd kind of hold it for a second, then I'd switch and go to something else and, mm -hmm. and lead, you know, into the next note, I guess you would say, but... Yeah, man, that's that's always fun to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like it's a bailout, too, where you're just like, uh, there's too many chords in this, but I know you're in this key, so let's just see if I can rip some leads behind right. it instead, you know, like <laughs> instead of trying to like figure out like, okay, you're playing open chords with a capo here, which means I would have to, if I want to play something different, I'd have to like bar chord it over here, and you're like trying to run all the analytics in your head as to like where your hands should be, but I, I think going to jam nights has definitely helped me out quite a bit with that. Also, just like playing with Clint, I mean, as much, I just said it as much as everyone, you know, knows that's played with him. It's just like, he's got the capo on four this time, and the next time it's on nine, you know? Right. I mean, it just, it's, it moves all over the place, so you have to be able to kind of... That's, I, I'd say that's one thing I learned a lot from <coughs> the playing in the country band, dude, is, is like, he uses the capo a lot. And yeah. And I've got a, and now I'm good enough to where I'm like, oh, you're playing like a D shape, shape on the fourth fret, that's a G, mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, so that's in the key of G, and I can do whatever I want in the key of G mm -hmm. uh, if I don't know all the chords, you know. But mm -hmm. I, I think that's – I think what I have fun with playing in the in the country band is stuff like that where it's like, ah, uh, there's a little more freedom because I'm not the only guitar player, you know, to play rhythm. As we're in a three-piece, you know, I am, I'm hammering down the rhythm a lot unless we're playing something like going down mm -hmm. where lately – I used to play it with Travis, the da 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 da, da mm -hmm. you know. But now I've just been doing it like Freddie King does it, man. Like I just, I kind of do some of the rhythm sometimes, but I'll be like, I'm going down, bow, no, I'm mm -hmm. going wow, no, 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 wow, and I can rank something out, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of let Travis take it because Travis is getting real good, you know, and and he just he's on it, you know, and I. Like that last show we played, I was telling you about. I, I we, we tore it down. Like that's one of one of the better shows we've ever played, I think. And uh, and I I looked at Travis and he oh well I messed up here, messed up there. I was like, dude, nobody out there knew. Like yeah, no nobody knew because I said I I can pick out three songs that I know for sure you played like one wrong note in. I said to understand that you've only been playing bass for like three years after you lost your vision, dude. 
like that's pretty good for three hours worth of music. Yeah, like, no kidding. Where you, where you mess up three notes, mm-hmm. you know, like that I could tell anyway. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm pretty on that, you know, like I can I can hear everything like that that is the weird part about being a musician you're up there and you're like oh man i hope i hope nobody heard that well usually they don't like unless there's other musicians out there like nobody ever knows when you're messing up man (laughs) yeah and i feel like i mean maybe this is just my perspective on the whole thing but i notice a lot when people mess up but i also forget like instantaneously because it's like I, i i know what that feels like i've done it before you know especially like you and i are kind of just we have a a set thing that we kind of do, but we also kind of just play off the cuff a lot of the time. So, like, when you're just playing off the cuff, just ripping a random solo, there might be a mistake, especially if you're not hammering the notes out every single time. So it's different every time, you know? But, yeah, I, it's it's not really something I think too much about, you know, as far as, like, you know, wanting to be like, ah, you screwed up, you suck, you know? Like, that, <laughs> that, that never crosses my mind ever because... I've done it too. I mean, as a matter of fact, this last weekend, I recalled, uh, I played one, one show with Clint and, uh, it was the one at Molly McGuire's and I had, uh, I don't remember what the song was, but I hit like everything throughout the whole song was great. I was like all just like perfectly in time. Everything was hitting right where I wanted it to. And then I got to like the end of this second solo section that I was doing and just blasted a horribly wrong note. <laughs> And so then I was just like, all right, let's see if we can correct this. And I hit another horribly wrong note. And the, like the rule should be if you hit a wrong note, go to go one fret over in any direction because you're, that's going to be a correct note, you know. But what do you, you know, that's not what I did. And uh, it sounded horrible, you know, and I cursed myself out on the stage like <laughs> right. while still like, trying to play the rhythm. Yeah, just right. like, like, you're like sitting there like, like what? God, God damn it. Yeah, what the heck was that, you know? Um yeah, in more or less words, but yeah, it was. It's funny because those are the ones where it's just like, yeah, everyone noticed that. Like, right. there's no way somebody couldn't have noticed that, you know. And and the crazy thing is, dude, is even then because I've I've done that and I was like, man, you know, like, oh, if I could get that one right or something over the mic, you know, and people were like, what are you talking about, man? Like, you guys yeah. just ripped that down. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there are a lot. I think. I tend to think a lot of people are nicer than like a lot of other people just give them credit for. Just even in general society, you know, terms, you know, I mean, you go online and people are pretty outspoken about certain things. But then when you go meet them live, like uh, have an actual human interaction with them, it's like these people actually aren't that bad, you know, like so. I totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's usually the case, I will say. Um, Yeah. Not always. That's the one thing I don't like about the Internet, too, is like you have people out there like. I'm sorry, but anything I say on the internet, I'm going to probably say to you your face. And <laughs> like, uh, there are other people out there that will say something, and they'll be like, you know, you meet, you talk to them in person, they'll be like, oh, you know, buddy, buddy, buddy. It's like, dude, you remember what you just said to me? Yeah. Like, you know, like, that doesn't just go away, man. Like, I could look that up right now. Just because you typed it on something doesn't mean you didn't say it, you know? That's true. Yeah. And I mean, like, some of the thing about, like, I was talking with somebody about this recently, like, text messaging and an online speaking with one another, it's not very easy to portray, like, your intentions, because you don't have body language and context and, like, facial emotions right. and things like that to go off of, so you can't really, 
I mean, it's it's weird when somebody says something really mean, and then like afterwards they're just like JK, and it's like, okay, yeah. is that a, is that a joke or is that like a, <laughs> an extra slam because you were just like, oh yeah, just kidding, <laughs> you know? Because like, I still can't tell, you know. Well, and that's the thing is like in person you can tell when somebody's being sarcastic for the most part from the you know the way they say something. Yes. You know, if you read something like a text or something, I'll be like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> fuck. You? <laughs> yeah, uh, can confirm. Like, I, I do want to ask you, did you end up getting your band page, like, with multiple people being able to post on it and do stuff? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, heck yeah. Because, um, I mean, everyone's probably been there before, but, you know, you're no stranger to the... I'm social- off of I'm off of a 30-day ban here in, like, uh, like four hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I was going to let you say it, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vince has been known to take some social media hiatus, hiatuses, is, is, um, in, in the past. But yeah, so I mean, like, that's, I do get what you're saying, and it's tough for me. I do remember being your age and having the internet, though, too, and just being, like, brash and cocky. And I, I also, like, believe it or not, for everyone watching on Patreon, like, I used to have as much hair as Vince, too, when I was his age. <laughs> yeah, right. So cherish it while you can. <laughs> cherish it. <laughs> Oh, the Billy Madison. It's hilarious. Uh, But yeah, so like, I don't know. It's really fun because I think that's one of the things that originally draw me to you like as a person was like, I see a lot of myself, like my young self in Vince, you know, and that's not to say Vince (laughs) is going to like, you know, get a soul sucking job and lose all his hair in like five to 10 years. But like at the same time, you know, dude, that's one thing too about about working, dude. I can't, you know, there are some jobs I've had that I absolutely loved. Then some I've had were like, what the f- what the hell am I doing here still, man? You know, so I don't, I don't, I can't stick in environments like that. I, I really can't, because it, it, it's so depressing. But yeah, it's it's weird because it's like, I'm not. I don't want to get into it, but it, it is a great job. But right. I think some of it is just like working remotely and sitting alone all day is kind of like, this That's sucks, thing, you know. Dude. Even though I can call someone like anytime I want and talk to them and like video talk with them, but it's still not quite the same. Right. right. But like, uh, kind of along those lines of having like a soul sucking job, like I, like I've I've talked to you a little bit about this and with some other people, but like I'm fighting some sort of like weird like burnout feeling where it's like I'm doing too much of. St- something i can't figure out what it is and i'm like having a hard time balancing like work and music and hobbies you know right but i played like 70 some shows last year which is for me it might as well be a a bazillion shows you know that's a lot of shows either way man yeah not you know not everyone i got paid you know and some of them were labor of love and if you count in jam nights it's probably like 120 shows i you know played last year but at the same time like it's it's kind of weird that like it really doesn't matter even if I don't want to go play a show like on a particular night, like if I'm just like, I got to pack my car and do stuff like, you know, cause it is kind of a job by the time I'm there on stage playing for some reason, like it doesn't ever like recur to my brain that like it wouldn't be fun, you know? Right. It's, it's so weird. Like I do re- like the first time that occurred to me was when I played a show at the loft in Waterloo with Jesse and like as crazy as it sounds, there was like a field fire at my house. And we were, like, trying to put it out without calling the fire department. So, like, we were doing, like, a controlled burn that was still in control, but it was pretty rough going for a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, like, I was, like, literally, like, looked like I had a sunburn, like, because I was out there, like, you know, fighting a fire, fighting a fire, literally, you know. And I was out there, like, in the clothes I was going to wear to the show. And then I had to, like, go to the show and, like, 
grubby old jeans and things like that. It was just like, ah, oh, this is so horrible. Like, I torn up jeans like I'm in an 80s band. But Hey, that's okay, man. But that's a, it's, playing it's a the show, I was just never like, I had forgot all about like all the bad stuff that had happened to me earlier in the day. Like, it never once occurred to me until I was like halfway home. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why my car smells like a fire is because I w- drove over here like right, right after I fought a fire. You know? <laughs> and, and that's another thing about uh, you guys were talking, you and Clint. Uh, about how like uh something about you know looking you know there's a certain look you might have or whatever like you're in the band you know you can dress however you want to dress because you just said something about that it, it reminded me of this and uh the zz top documentary on on netflix mm-hmm. um like they're talking about oh we opened for the rolling stones in hawaii like for three nights straight and keith richards wore the same clothes every single day the same white pants, and uh, I mean mid seventies. Keith Richards is pretty drugged out at this point, but yeah, um, he's like these white pants. You could tell they were white, but they were more like a yellowish brown. It's like he had been wearing them the whole tour, and that's all he wore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, you're into Rolling Stones. You're Keith Richards. I guess you can look however you want to look, and I guess that's why I like. I got the chops thing or whatever, yep. you know, it's like, I'm a rock and roll band. I'm going to look like I'm in a rock and roll band. It's like a, I don't want to say it's, it's not my personality because it is like, you look at, you look at me and it's like, God, yeah, that's that probably pretty fitting for him, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Of course. Yeah, if you know me especially too, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess it's more like a, and I don't, I don't take it too seriously in the point where it's like, Oh, I've got to look a certain way, but I like to, go out there and and when i play shows it's not like you know i'm there to do anything else but play music and that's how i see i take it pretty serious in that aspect like i don't really talk to a lot of people unless they like approach me or somebody says hey man you know great job Mm -hmm. you know come here and i'll meet i'll be i'm very nice but at the end of the day i'm there to just play entertain people and that's what i like to do and it's almost like a certain you know a, a character you know, and David, yeah. David Lee Roth has talked about this too. He's like, yep. man, you know, in the early days of Van Halen, you'd think I'm some crazy maniac. You know, I'm actually a pretty smart dude who that's just a character I put on, you know, and it's most of the stuff I do on stage. It's all, you know, it's all part of my inner personality that I don't get to show, you know, it's like, Hey man, I just like to have fun, you know, and, and this is my way of showing you I'm having fun. And, and that was one thing about it too, that last show we played some some lady was like hey man you guys are throwing down you know and i said oh thanks you know i appreciate that i just you know i have i may not be the best guitar player in the world or nothing but i just have fun with it and she goes yeah i can tell like you have a lot of fun with it and it's super refreshing to see somebody young like you up there you know playing young (laughs) but uh i turn 27 tomorrow oh wow (laughs) heck you're older than i thought you were (laughs) <laughs> tomorrow being the day this comes out yes happy yeah. birthday yeah, thanks, <laughs> it's Vince's birthday today everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh no i i actually said that because cammy said something to me um you know well uh, some guy i was at the park with river and and uh some guy walked through with big great dane and i talked to this guy and we were talking about it and i cammy goes well is he a young guy or like was he a younger guy and i said i don't know what how to define that anymore Mm-hmm. But I would say no. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's really funny when your definition of an old guy uh, like changes. Like when you're like in high school, it's like anybody thirty is like 
a thousand years old. Right. You know? And now I'm like, ah, it's I'm like aging on or erring on the side of age. It's just like, yeah, like old is like eighty or so. You know, like, right. like a lot of people don't even live to eighty, unfortunately. Right. But like, it's it is pretty funny to think about how that that window changes. But it's also it's weird because like when I met you, you were twenty. I was probably twenty two or twenty three. Yeah. So yeah. like. To me, you're just like burned in my brain that age forever. So, right. like, you know. <laughs> shoot, I couldn't even grow facial hair like this back then. <laughs> That's wild. It's so wild to think. And like, you are now the age uh, that you met me at, which is kind of crazy to think about too. Right. Right. You know, we're pretty close to it, anyways. Twenty-seven or eight. So, that's pretty wild. You know, to think that uh, time is is going like that. You know, and like like I said, when I looked at that thing where it said that we had been. It was three years ago that we did, like, our first episode together. Yeah. And it's really also pretty funny to look at that picture. Like, you got short hair and everything. You do look young in that picture, <laughs> as wild as it sounds. But it's also, yeah, facial hair and stuff now, so. Well, that and, um, man, as looking back, uh, actually, that Rockin' Picnic show we did was the last time I've had a haircut. Oh, wow. So, like, well, I had long hair leading up to that. Then we went on vacation, me and my, my brothers and my dad, to Colorado to see some friends and family. And uh, I ended up, like, shaving. Like, it was hotter than hell middle of summer, and we're outside drinking all day and playing bags and doing stupid things. And, and I'm just like, man, my hair keeps getting in my face. I'm pit, You know, let's just shave it off. And so Taylor, this guy, uh, <laughs> he shaves my head. I said, I want a freaking mohawk, dude. <laughs> He's like, I can do that. He shaves his, it was actually a pretty cool looking mohawk in my hair. And uh, then like two weeks later, I just ended up shaving it and taking the razor and completely shaving it off. So in that rock and picnic show, I'm wearing a hat mm-hmm. and uh, you know, which I don't usually wear hats uh, on, you know, at shows or whatever, but uh, you know, now anyway, cause I got my hair growing out and mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, cool, you know. But that's, yeah, a year and a half ago is the last time I had a haircut. So I just let it grow since then. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, though. Like, uh, I mean, it's somebody did ask me recently, like, what's the deal with all the younger people having long hair? And by younger people, I mean, this was somebody that was maybe like 40. But it's still like, you know, they were like anyone in their 20s, you know, or teens. It just seems like all the guys have long hair. And it's like, I don't know. I, I had long hair when I was growing up. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that had long hair growing up. And it is making like a pretty big comeback. And it does look pretty cool when you're playing guitar right like, let's be honest, let's be oh, honest dude i just love headbanging and just the hair or like it's almost like a mystic thing like when i'm i'm ripping out a solo or something and like my hair's just in front of my face mm-hmm. and you can't even see me at that point you know or i'm not even looking at my guitar i got my eyes closed or something in my but you can't even see my eyes out there you know mm-hmm. people are like oh man that's pretty cool how you can do that how do you know what you're doing i don't I just go. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't kind of, I think another thing, I guess I don't want to bring up like everything you guys talked about on the last podcast, but just touching on it. Like, uh, somebody said something about Ober saying, oh, practice is where you can think about stuff. And we're, when you're playing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the practice is kicking in. Yep. And like when I'm playing like this is, I've told this to Travis all the time. I'm like, man, I'll be playing a solo and then I'll like wake up mm-hmm. and I'll be like, whoa where do I go now? <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm just playing something melodic and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, Oh yeah. I was back to rhythm guitar at this point. And then you're like, what key am I in? Like I've done that before too, though. Where we're like, I get done and then I have to like look back over like, what are you playing? Like, 
Oh, like it's so weird because you're like you just ripped a whole solo in it, but you yeah. can't. Like you get so in the zone, you forget. You know. Um, yeah, it does. It does happen, and it's. You know, I, it also comes back to I think you know, me and Clint were also talking about being like flexible as a musician. Some of that comes down to like possibly ad libbing. Like I know a lot of people that do a lot of ad libbing at shows just because they're comfortable with it and it kind of makes things easier and more fun. You know, to an extent. Uh, I would also argue though that like I've played with bands where it's like these are the things you exactly have to play at the exact same time with no fluctuation at all, and. That's pretty easy because once you get the pattern down, you don't, you don't you don't even have to come close to looking at your guitar once while you're playing, you know. Right. And so it's just like one of those things you, you look at it when it starts and you're like, whatever, all right, I'm good, I can play the whole song from here. And I think that also has its ease and simplicity as well, you know, uh, compared to just playing whatever you want to an extent. Well, that too, and and one thing I've noticed and I've tried to kind of incorporate into the Night Prowlers playing is is, hey, man, you know, I've seen all these other bands do, do like, they're doing, like, these stops where the whole band stops and comes right back in, like, a measure later or whatever there, or the uh, guitar player and the uh, bass player are playing a melodic thing together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, man, you know, so we were playing, uh, we started playing Snakeskin Cowboys by Ted Nugent, another Nugent song we're doing, and, and that's got, like, the three stops in it or whatever where they go back to, like, they stop and they go back to the intro to that song, and it's so cool. I'm like, oh, man, if we pull this off, man, people are like, brains will be fried. Mm-hmm. Even though there's literally, like, no lyrics to the, that song, it's literally a, a pre-chorus and chorus, the mm-hmm. whole song, <laughs> repeated. Nice. Yeah. You know, and, and but there's these stops that make it super unique, you know, and it's like, oh, man, that's super cool. Like, let's do something like that or... You know, because there's this band out of Cedar Rapids called the Evan Stock Band. I love them. Yeah, they and came. They were at Humboldt once, and I saw them play. They're very good, dude. Yeah, I mean, because I compared them back to back there. I was like, well, you know, if you guys if you guys like this band, you need to check out this band called Brutal Republic because yeah. that's another three piece that reminds you know they're pretty similar. Yeah. Like I'd like to see a show with those two bands. That'd be pretty. You killer. know. Yep. Because they they're both. They, I mean, just excellent musicians, and they just knock it out of the park, man. And and it's just like, yeah, I want to go, I want to do stuff like that, or you know, Matt, Matt, you know, I always talk about Matt Woods too. He's more on the blue, very bluesy side of things. Yep. But like when he's got his three piece together, you know, they've played together so much now that they'll him and the bass player will, the bass player will just start going off and and playing the same exact solo that Matt's playing, and they kind of just repeat it over and over. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of done that, like uh, in a song I wrote called "Aged Red Wine." There's this break in the middle of it that's like I play a bluesy type solo. Well, I was like, Travis, you know how to play this song "Bitch" by the Rolling Stones, and it's in the same key. It's an A, and so I was like, I'm gonna start playing that in the middle of this you know just that the the bitch riff is what we call it mm-hmm. in the middle of this solo and if you want to play it with me it's going to sound freaking dope mm-hmm. you know and so we've been pulling that off and it's just right in the middle of a song where both the guitar and bass you know it just sounds cool to do stuff like that and i i guess that's just me growing as a musician too you know and and understanding, man, that's like if that's blowing my brain, you know, as a musician, when other guys do it, it's got to be blowing everybody else's brain. 
Well, maybe to an extent. Some of that I feel like is that is music for musicians when it gets to that point. Especially when you're like, like you said, it's like, we're going to play song A, but in the middle, in the solo section, we're going to slam the main riff for song B in there, and we're not even going to play song B ever in the whole set. We're just going to tease it like in the middle of the song (laughs) for no reason and see if somebody catches on, you know? But the people that are catching on are the people that are like really listening or the people that, you know, enjoy the songs you're playing, et cetera, you know? And that's kind of a... uh, like a trick that I saw a lot of like the jazzier kind of guys do like, what was it? Uh, Victor Wooten does stuff like that every now and then when he's playing live where they'll just slam like, you know, a weird riff in the middle of something and start. Well, I just, I think it adds just a whole crazy dynamic, Mm -hmm. you know, adds this dynamic to a song that's like, Oh, instead of doing this over and over, you're like all of a sudden playing something else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I've seen, a lot of guys do it now, but, you know, I I started seeing more and more bands doing that and looking around and people are like, wow, you know, that was, that was cool how they did that. And I'm like, I want to do that too, you know, because I, I guess it's not really trying to copy somebody else, but it's, it's really just trying to be more dynamic and kind of growing as a musician mm-hmm. is what it is, what I look at it, you know, and. Yeah, I don't think it's copying either. Like, at first, I was I was always mad when it was just like, ah, somebody took my idea to play this song live. Or Dirk, <laughs> it's like, there's, it's no copying. You know, it's... There's a lot of songs that I've played live that I never, ever heard live, and then all of a sudden, other people started taking them. And it was just like, I don't... You know, go for it. Like, if you like the song, go for it. If, especially if you're out there playing the songs live, and I'm not doing it, you know? Who am I to be like, that's my jam night song. You don't get to play... You know, that's so... Right. But also, at the same time, like... There's things that I've borrowed from a lot of other people uh, just to grow as a musician. Like one of the things I remember, and this was an Ober, con- like a conversation I had with Jeremy Ober long before it was ever brought up on the podcast. But like if you want to be in a high energy band, you have to be high energy on stage. You know, and that's kind of something we were alluding to earlier, which is uh, that's where the idea comes from, or at least for me, you know. And I used to go watch Jeremy play live, and he would be, like, stomping all over the stage and things like that. And, I mean, he'd be dumping sweat by the time the show was over. And it's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do if you want to be in a high-energy band, right. you know. And I get it. Not everyone wants to do that. And, not you know, in your case, not everyone necessarily can because, you know, we described that earlier. Your bass, <laughs> bassist is blind and your drummer's sitting. So that leaves it up to you, and you do a fine job of it, you know. Um, where, like, when I play with Three Finger Betty, I always try to, like, crank it up as much as possible because it's like – this should be, you know, running downhill fast music. You know? Oh, yeah. So people should think that you're having a good time, you know. And Well, that's one thing, too, and especially, like, if we are playing, like, a smaller stage or even a bigger stage, like, I'll just run over to Travis. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, in the middle of my solo. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm right here, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. There was, there was one time. <laughs> I think we were kind of lit. But I, <laughs> I walked up to him. I started, like, thrusting into <laughs> <laughs> like playing playing a guitar solo and and he didn't even know you know i didn't even tell him oh it's classic <laughs> and after the show because bob you can hear bob <laughs> bob laughing and uh after the show i'm like yeah man you know and everybody's like dude you're the, that guitar player is like kind of all over the place you know and i was like oh yeah and because Tra- travis mentioned something somebody said that to him and he's like yeah yeah what were you doing 
And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I forgot. I was going to tell you, but I forgot about it. But now, yeah, let me tell you about this. I was trusting you, man. I was just like, ah. That's hilarious. Just being totally raunchy about it. Yeah, raunch and roll. Raunch and roll, as the t-shirt says. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, my Vinny in the Night Prowler shirt. Not to mention my Vinny in the Night Prowler's hat that I've worn on many a podcast, you know. Yeah, gotta love it. Thanks for representing, bro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that time I went and ran sound for you, it was just like, all right, I'm going to turn around and give you, like, a third of the money you paid me and just give me your merch you know <laughs> like, i probably should have just given you the shit no 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 it was totally worth it to just turn around and pay you for it because it's like yeah i kind of earned it a little bit this time you know so yeah i i think it's really fun to like have you out there playing shows live and you know like sh- i've seen you show up to like gigs i've played i've gone to a couple you've played even though you don't play too much in this area and most of it's over in eastern iowa which is you know pretty cool that's where you're originally from and things like that so you get like a whole different exposure than a lot of us around here get uh in the north central iowa area i guess you could call it so um like the byron show would be like a good example so like i played a show with byron's last weekend with clint riedel and you showed up and then it was just like ah vinny you can play songs go up there and play you know and you know clint knows some songs that you know, and he was just like, ah, Vinny likes playing this song. Here yeah. we go, you know? Well, most of the, most of the part of that is, you know, those songs that I play that Clint knows is because Clint plays them. And I heard them, I heard Clint play them. I'm like, oh man, I want to play that song, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Angels from Montgomery by John Prine's one of those songs that I yep. love playing. Even though that's not like a super rocking song, you know, but I, I turn it into like a blues song that we do. It's one of the slower ones we do. Um, you know, that, oh, speaking of forgetting lyrics, we did this mashup of some Elvis Presley song and and uh, Folsom Prison the other night. Me and Clint, mm-hmm. when I was playing with him. Um, I think it, it might have been "That's All Right" by "That's All Right, Mama" by El- Elvis Presley, but I can't remember which one it was. I knew it was an Elvis song, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> we go into it, and he's like wanting me to sing the Folsom Prison parts, and I I just totally mind blanked Mm -hmm. so every time like i'd be playing a solo he goes all right you know and he'd he'd turn over at me and he'd say like the first line of the of the verse (laughs) yeah i'd be like okay i think i got it now i'd sing it you know i'd be like looking at him oh yeah (laughs) i I love doing that stuff because i mean that's something that it i mean obviously that's enough to trip your memory for that but even playing when somebody's just like we're going to the a you know and it's just like oh okay you know but also you have to remember like if somebody's got a capo and they're like we're going to the a and it's like a with a capo on this though okay so we're going to this you know like capo five so we gotta play a d okay rock and roll you know yeah so there are some of that that like you also have to think about but do you ever think when you were first starting playing that you would be where you're at today i guess like was this ever like a dream that you had or was your dream bigger than this or not being on a podcast but you know being in a band having somebody like essentially like invite you or recruit you to their band to kind of play some side gigs now and then and yeah that's another thing too uh, i was gonna touch on that tie dude you met the other night but um no man I, I i always wanted to play rock and roll i've always been obsessed with music you know i I was just played it as a hobby for a long time. I started on bass. I guess I started on trombone playing in, in junior high and stuff. And, and I was like, always love, I'll always love music and always love rock and roll and blues. And so I started playing bass and kind of took it from there. And, and, uh, you know, I, whatever. And I, I never really realized any of that stuff. Like, I, you know, it's not something I don't want to be in a band. 
you know it was never a thing i'd ever thought would happen mm-hmm. but then like i said you took me to bode that one time i'm like shit man i want i want to do this more well, then i got home for for summer um and i barely knew how to play guitar at the time you know i i knew open chords and and i couldn't even bar chord like you know a g major bar chord mm-hmm. i could not play that mm-hmm. you know i could play a, a power chord and yep. And uh, didn't know anything about scales or nothing. That goes back to the, you know, I walk into Travis's house with a buddy, and he's got a whole setup, you know, like a room full of instruments. Yeah, we've been jamming, man. Every every Wednesday night, we've been jamming in here. I was like, no shit. I said, okay, I'm going to bring over my guitar tomorrow, you know, and my amp. And I started in, in Merle and, and uh, Robert Zahorik, uh, this guy from back home, Robert Oh man, bless him, dude. He taught me a bunch of cool rock and roll songs, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, some of that Rolling Stones stuff we do. But uh, that high heeled sneaker song, there's this lick in that song. He taught me how to do and taught me how to play that song, and it's just a cool way he played it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so I started doing that, and then it then it goes back to like the Kevin Burt story. You know, I met him, and then I go to his jam or whatever, and uh, pull out my guitar. I was like, man, I can only play rhythm. He goes, oh, man, just do this. You know, shows me uh, the BB King blues box and and some of that other stuff. And and uh, I played my first solo ever that night. And Kevin looks at me. He's like, you know, oh, if you want to hear that story, go back to other podcasts. But, you know, uh, he he just kind of looks at me. He's like, I thought you said you'd never done this before. I was like, I hadn't, man. He goes, well, that was pretty freaking good for your first time. You know, keep at it. And that's where I kind of realized, you know, I can, I can do this if I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I never really, me and Travis had always talked about, you know, I'd go over and jam with Travis, all the songs he knew in the band he played in, uh, contagious behavior. And, and, uh, we just kind of fumbled around like, Hey, we should start a three piece, you know, or whatever. I'd love to start a three piece blues rock band, whatever. And then Bob fell into the picture. He's like, well, I'll play with you guys. You know, he just showed up to one of their jams one time. Yeah, well, you know, the next day he's like coming around. Yeah, I'll bring my kid over. Let's jam. So we did. And now, now it's where we are now. And I had already written a bunch of songs by that point, too. So I was just like, just for fun. You know, just I was sitting around and I'd play something and I'd put some lyrics to it. And I'd be like, man, you know, that sounded cool. And uh, so we just started playing our whatever we wanted to play i guess go back to earlier in the podcast i said man if we want to do this like i just want everybody to know we're going to play the music we want to play mm-hmm. and that's it and now it's to the point where man i've got a easily an album worth of material to put down and uh i want to start going in that direction like where hey half of my show or at least you know a good chunk of my show is original material that's awesome. And because it fits in with everything we play. It's like just blues rock stuff, man. It's it's just fun. And I have fun playing the original stuff, and I've come up with these different licks to make it. Yeah, I, I have actually seen my, my songwriting grow within like the last two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like at first it was just basic chord structure stuff, you know, kind of like a one, four, five thing a little bit. Not necessarily, but I compare it to that. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I started adding in like intros, like intricate licks and intros, and then playing, you know, and then, you know, playing verse, chorus, and then going back to that intro, kind of like the snakeskin cowboys thing, 
you know, just because I started seeing those bands like the Evan Stock band with their original material. That's what they were doing, and it sounded, it just blew my brain. I'm like, man, like, uh, okay, like, I kind of want to write something like that. And it turns out, like, a couple of it, a couple of those songs are really neat, and I, I love to play it. So it's just fun, man. Yeah. Oh, I think that, you know, there's so many things I, I see other musicians doing that just kind of, I'm very, I don't want to say jealous, but I'm envious of. I'm envious of the fact that, um, you like started writing songs and and just stuck with it and now you're like you said i even i can tell your songwriting capabilities have grown like in two years to the point where it's it's good you know uh not that your original songs weren't good but i appreciate that not many people's first songs are the best you know but like i can't ever crack the case on that one i can't ever get a whole song out i get like half an idea out and i'm like this is hot garbage and then i just throw it away man Oh, dude, I do want to say, don't ever throw it away. Because I've thrown away so much stuff that I've looked back on, and I'm like, that was a cool freaking riff, man. Why'd I ever, like, throw that one out? You know, because I actually just the other day went back on my phone, and I'm looking through my videos. Because I would used to, like, just play something that I had come up with and save it in my phone, and then I put lyrics down to it, but I threw those out. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I always thought I was a bad lyricist. So mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, you know, screw this. This isn't good. Tossed it. I'm like, man, I should have kept that. I have so much material here that I could work with. But, yeah, that's all I got to say to that. Don't <laughs> don't throw them out, man. Keep them or do a little re- patch recording of it and keep it somewhere so you can yeah. go back and if you get an idea. Yeah, I should, but I don't know. I, I honestly haven't finished – I haven't finished an entire song since probably high school. Like, <laughs> And so it's been a, it's been a while, and – uh that song was very not enjoyable, like in retrospect. So it, it just sucks, though, because like in my brain, I hear stuff that is so much more out of my capabilities. You know, I'm sure you're the same way, though, too. Like I'm hearing this, but it just can't come out of my instrument for some reason. Right, right. No, that that does happen a lot, too. And I've I've got to fumble with it. Like actually, one of the last songs I wrote um, is called Sweet Relief. And it's, it's kind of funny, but, uh, like I was, I knew what I wanted it to sound like and I played it all over my guitar, like the intro part, you know, that I wanted to play. And I'm like trying to figure, I'm like, man, I don't know what, where I want to do this. You know, I don't know the chord, but you know, whatever. I finally, like after like 20 minutes figured out what key I wanted it to be in, what notes I wanted to throw in, you know, and I'm just like, okay. You know, now I just need to add a, a little different part to this song and, and do this or that. But mm-hmm. it, it's just a, it is a hard thing for, you know, it's not easy. Heck, no. I mean, songwriting, it's not easy at all. But once I get an idea, I'm just like hammering it out real quick and, and like record it real quick. Mm-hmm. So I have it. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I, I definitely suffer from the, especially when I played a lot more like metal music and stuff like that. I suffered from the... Uh, you'd play a riff, and then by the time you'd go to like show it to somebody, you're like, I forgot how it went. Right. You know, like there's a lot of that that went on for sure, which kind of makes me wish I had more stuff recorded. But I'm already pretty much out of space on like everything I have, so like <laughs> I've got like terabyte hard, four terabyte hard drives almost full. Jesus, um, with just like podcast stuff. So the links I go through just to have a podcast. Right. I'll have backups. But, well, I like what you do, man. It's always good to sit down with you too. I mean, yeah. seriously, like that. And I, I did want to touch on, um, that other dude that I brought to the show the other night. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of people who 
I actually, he was doing sound for us, uh, the country band of man, Eli. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were sitting there and, and I met him and he lives in Fort Dodge and, and I started talking to him and he's like, well, it sounds like we got the same taste or whatever. You should come over sometime and jam, you know? So I go over there and, uh, cause you said something, oh man, it's cool that to see you out there and people like kind of like recruiting you, I guess, to go play for them or whatever. And mm-hmm. He like hands me this lap steel and he's a lefty guitar player. So the lap steel, if I'm playing it right handed, it's like got the strings backwards. And he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I just try it out. And I jammed for like eight hours at his house with mm-hmm. him and his dad. Like his dad came down, um, from where he lives and, and we just jammed all day. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and take that lap steel with you. Cause I can't make it sound that good. You can restring it however you want. And hmm. I did. And that's been something new and fun to work with. It's definitely something weird, yeah. you know, that I'm not used to, but I'm kind of figuring out some licks to throw in and it's pretty cool. Cause I've always wanted to learn pedal steel. And I guess this is a, a step in that direction too. Yep. But, uh, you know, that's cool about that. And, and, uh, I never really, I never considered myself like a good guitar player, like at all. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Not you, but the, personally, I, yeah. I, feel the, I feel the same way about myself. Well, I, I feel like a lot of people feel that way because if you're out there doing it, like you're like, man, I can always get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I can always do better than what I just did. You know, and it's, a, it's an endless learning thing, you know, music is in general. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you listen to. They're going to be able to play something you can't. Right, and and so I went and seen this. Well, I was at a jam night in Cedar Rapids at this Whiskey Joe's place, and there's a, a place called this little bar, okay? Like, it's a dive uh, mm-hmm. called Jam O'Malley's, and they have live music every Thursday night. And uh, from, like, big, big, like, big-time dudes playing there, like KB, Kevin Burt plays mm-hmm. there, you know? and and But you're talking about a three-piece in an area like as wide as this room, mm-hmm. you know, and the bar total, like area wise is this room and maybe part of the next room right there. Oh, wow. You know, and I know you guys can't really see that or, you yeah. know, listening to the podcast, but it's a small place, but the it's packed in there. Mm-hmm. And I met this dude named Matt panic there or at the jam night the night before. And actually, uh, that same night, um, Tedeschi trucks were in, at the Paramount and Cedar Rapids. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so he went to that with his bass player or whatever and some of his band, and then I went and saw his band the next night over at this Jam Malley's place. And I get to talking to him, and I'm just like, hey, man, I dig your I dig your rig. And all he's using is, you know, he had a he had a Les Paul special, which he wasn't playing, but he is playing a, a Telecaster through a um, Tube Screamer or whatever, Ibanez Tube Screamer. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, straight into this Victoria amp, mm-hmm. and those Victoria amps are freaking sweet. I mean, Matt Woods plays them; mm-hmm. they sound so good. I was like, man, that's a cool amp, you know. I know another dude that plays Victoria. He's got a bunch of Victoria stuff, man. And, and uh, you know, his name's Matt Woods, and this Matt Panic guy goes, "You know, who Matt Woods is." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, man. He's like one of my favorite guitar players." He's like, "See," he goes. When I was probably his age now, like he was probably your age coming into the scene. And that's cool to see that, you know. He's like, I remember he showed up to this this jam in Des Moines that we were playing. And this dude would sit at the end of the bar. And, and I finally one day just walked up and said, hey, what's up, man? You know, he just come in there and watch. And he goes, he pl- you know, and he's like, I like what you do. And he goes, Matt Panic says to Matt Woods, uh, 
you know, what do you do? And you know, I'd play the Delta Blues, you know, and Panic tells me, he goes, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, sure, you know, everybody says that, mm-hmm. you know, and well, like, we get up there and jam with him. He did okay. He goes, then I didn't see him for a while, and I've actually heard this story from Matt Woods himself. I knew I knew what, exactly what Panic was telling me because mm-hmm. Matt Woods has told me, he goes, man, I went to the jam one time, and everybody kind of blew me out of the water, and I didn't go back until I I knew I was going I was gonna show some people what I what I could do, mm-hmm. and as panic dudes like I didn't I didn't see this guy for like two years. Next thing you know, like he's playing opening a show for us, and he he goes out there and just blows my mind with how good he got, you know, and playing a slide and and doing all of his thing, and so um, that was just a cool thing to to talk about, yeah, know? because that's one of I mean. If you ever heard me here, talk to me, I'm like, you know, people ask me, uh, who, you know, who do you like to listen to for guitar players? And I'm like, oh, Matt, Matt Woods, man. Matt Woods uh, yeah. was my number one listened to artist last year on Spotify. Nice. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I, lo- I love what he does, man. And the three-piece, can't, I mean, his three-piece is tight. And, yeah, they and, are. Uh, but Panic, you know, I even talked to, I met, I, I told Panic, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to message Matt, man, tell him I know, you know, I met you or whatever. Well, this Panic dude, that's another thing. Cause I commented on his rig. So, I, oh yeah, you know, you, you play or whatever. I saw you at the jam night last night. You want to play with my band quick? I'm like, <laughs> no, you know, you're, you're pretty good. You know, and he's like, no man, come on. You know, he goes, well, I guess I don't really know you, but. You know some people I know, so go. You know I've never heard anybody play out of my rig before, so I'm like, okay. You know I was like, you guys know going down, and the bass player and the keys player knew it, and so nice. I was just like, hey, to the drummer, you oh, just got keys player. Pe-. Yeah, uh, Tommy Givlin is the keys player. Well, he just kind of sits in with everybody that plays at at uh, O'Malley's, but. Um, I feel like that's the secret ingredient that going down is missing from oh, like almost every band. God, you know it's so awesome to play a key, you know, and so I'm sitting there and. And I I rip it. I I mean, you know, going back to I never can really thought I was good enough to play with, you know, these guys who I think are superstars, mm-hmm. you know, in my band on the local scene, you mm-hmm. know, even though they're incredible talents, you know. And, and uh, I played with his band, and I played that, and everybody was like, I got to set the guitar down. And, like, the owner of the bar goes, one more. <laughs> play another one. And Matt Panic was like, yeah, dude, play another one, you know. That was, you fucking just hauled ass, you know, and. So I was like, oh, man. I was like, okay, let's play Sweet Home Chicago because I know that one, you know, it's a blues song. We played that one, and I went and sat down. And that was just a cool cool thing to do because, you know, I, I was just like, man, these are guys that are have been going at it for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, 50 years in some cases, and, and they were laying it down that night, and this guy lets me play with them, and then I laid it down with them. You know, and I was like, maybe I am a little better than I thought I was. You know, I know I got a lot of, lot of work to do, but it was cool because then I, I messaged Matt Woods the next day. I was like, dude, I was like, I met this dude that knows you, you know, or whatever. And, and uh, we got to talking about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I know Panic. He's a good he's a good guy. You know, he was one of the, like, he told me, you know, one of the dudes when I was young, you know. So that was just pretty refreshing to hear, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, to other people, like, dudes i look up to saying dude you're sounding good you know so yeah it's nice to know there's people out there that you can bounce ideas off of or that will actually hand out compliments etc etc you know like i it's not like it happens a lot but there is a little bit of gatekeeping in the music community to an extent like depending on what you're 
where you're at and what you're doing. Um, but you know, I mean, you're just as well aware of it as I am like up here, like nobody cares. Nobody's trying to chase anyone out of venues. Nobody's like, I gotta be the only one that gets booked here. I gotta play the most shows or whatever, you know, everybody just plays the shows and there's plenty of shows to go around and there's, you know, within 50 miles of Fort Dodge, there's probably like 20 venues or 30 venues, you know? So it's like, there's plenty of places to play and plenty of time and room to do it. So. Right. And and I have actually seen that. See, most of the guys I look up to, like, you know, that panic dude or, or, or Matt Woods or like Clint or you, you know, everybody's so cool about it. You know, mm-hmm. ever since I first met you guys, everybody, everybody's been so cool to me, you know, and letting me in on, you know, the lowdown of, you know, where they play or whatever and, and you know, playing music with people and and helping me a little bit along the way. Everybody kind of has in their own way. And I really haven't seen that in this kind of community. Like, I guess the the music I play a little bit more in the on the countryside. For whatever reason, some of those guys are like, you know. Bit, I feel like they're a little bit more cutthroat. They're like, you know, because Eli will be like, hey, I asked this dude if, you know, you know, if I could have the booking information for this bar. And the guy told me that, like, no, man, I worked hard to get this information, you yes. know, or blah, blah, blah. It's like. What you worried about somebody like stealing your Thunderman? Like, what do you mean? Like, there's so many you can't play there every single day. You know, like that is, I don't understand that that thought process behind it. You know, that is a weird one. So, like, I at one point in time had a goal to like collect as many venues and contact information as I could to what I don't know. I, I was I going to start booking shows? I don't know. I have no clue what I was going to do with it. But then I I realized. It's tough to get people's, like, bar information out of them. Like, you played here this last weekend. Like, who, who's the person to call there if you want to book a gig or whatever? And right. it's like, it's tough to get that information out of people a lot of times. More often than not, honestly. But It, it is weird how that does work. And, and it's kind of nice because the Night Prowlers are kind of cracking the scene in Cedar Rapids. So mm-hmm. I, like, really feel like we're going to get into a bunch more places. Like, there's people hearing about us feel like every time we play somewhere we get 10 more followers on facebook which is cool you know Mm -hmm. hey man 10 people are looking up you know looking to see us again that's awesome Mm -hmm. you know and and uh you know it's we're kind of cracking that scene now and it just feels good to do that because it's such a wide area you know i mean cedar Rapids a big big town you know for iowa i guess And, and uh you know, it's just, I know a bunch of other venues we could be playing, and it's, uh, you know, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get this, these singles done because I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to put some live stuff together, you know, on like a YouTube link, like kind of smash like a little medley of live stuff. I'm going to have Bob do this and then like send these people our, our singles that we finish mm-hmm. and like get, get that out there. Be like, hey, this is what we do. Like, do you want to book us or not? And if they say, yeah, okay, cool. If not, then fine. I don't really care, you know, like, mm-hmm. but I, I have a really good feeling about where we're going and, and, you know, it's, I just, I really want to crack Cedar Rapids with that band mm-hmm. and just play everywhere. You know, they have people out there and in that area and then like move out to Des Moines, you know, start doing out, out there and, you know, cause we played a little bit up here. Not much, but it went gas the way it is. It's so hard to... Yeah, it's the, a lot harder now to justify it than it was. Yeah, it, it's just, man, like, we we allocated a certain amount of money to go to Montana last year, too, and it was just like, holy crap, because gas just started skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And, like, so we had been saving up, like, a certain amount of tip money we would get. Like, most of our tip money went towards, you know, other stuff or, like, sales of our, 
our shirts and all that stuff, our merch, like that all went to other things like either buying more merch or, you know, just the ins and outs of yeah, gear, you, you and know, like yeah, that. that, that sort of stuff. And, and that, I mean, that, it was just, it's hard to go so far, especially if you, if you can't like line up a bunch of gigs in one area at once, you know, if I can do that, man, I'd play up here all the time. If I could yeah. play like, you know, Friday, Saturday shows up here, you know, I'd, I'd bring in a band up, you know, every weekend. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just hard, like, cause we haven't played a lot up here and people don't really know us. There's a select few guys like you and, and, you know, Scott and some other people that know who we are, you know, but uh, other than that, you know, it's just slowly working its way. I kind of told Travis, I was like, man, we're going to have to, you know, lay it down this year. And it's just going to be another growing year because we've only been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's going to be a growing year. And, and after that, though, I think we could, there's a possibility, you know, this, we could go up, start playing bigger venues for sure. Mm-hmm. And which that's fun. I've already been in contact with people that are, you know, have stuff to do with big, big venues. Like there's this venue in uh, Iowa city called Wildwoods. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a big music venue. I've seen a bunch of cool bands there. But uh, that and, and some big time acts too, like Whitey Morgan in the '78s. They're like an outlaw country band, man. They tore it down in that mm-hmm. place. But uh, and Scott had actually seen them the night before somewhere else. Oh, know? cool. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, that's bad." You know, I posted it or whatever. He's like, "Oh, I just saw him," you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's it's cool, man. It's just a slow, slow moving thing, and I just hope it gets better. You know. Oh well, I mean. It's wild to see how far you've come already, and uh, you know if your work ethic continues along the path it's been, uh, yeah, no time at all. You'll be yeah, for sure. You'll be running the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. that's just a thing, man. I like to sit back and see that those bands like you know um, Brutal and uh, the three pieces anyway, and like, and I'm just like, man, you know, like they're pretty friggin' good, but for what we got, man, like we can go out there and lay it down. Yeah. And I'm I'm just happy that we can do that. Like we can we can go out there and put on a good show. So and that's all I care about. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Uh I I gotta say thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about pretty much everything we I don't know, everything I had to set out to talk about pretty much I got covered. Right. So <laughs> um anything else like you wanna talk about? Uh I mean, obviously, you got all social medias and stuff. I'll put all that down below in the description. Yeah, for sure, man. All I got to say is is thanks for having me, and, and I just thanks for everybody that's helped me along the way and everybody that's that's put good words in my ear, whether it be Matt or, you know, Panic or Woods or, like, the, the bands I super look up to. Oh, by the way, Matt Panic's band is uh, the Electric Kool-Aid Trio. Oh, that's cool. the name of their band. But, uh, yeah, man, I just... Like whether it be you or Clint or any any of those guys, like Jesse too. I played with Jesse before, and, mm-hmm. and uh, thank gotta thank him and for kind of getting me out there too. I mean, anybody that's helped, it's that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, I I really never pictured doing any of this, and it's just come it's come so far in a little amount of time, and now we're like, oh, recording stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, I can't wait to get this out. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'll be excited to hear it when it finally comes out. So. uh uh, you have to let me know. And yeah, I'll, we'll do, man. I've got to listen to it. So uh, anything else? We good? Wow, yeah, I'm good. Thanks for All having right, me. All right, dude. Thanks for being here. 
What a fun guy. Love sitting down talking with Vince. Good old Vinny. You guys want to check out any of Vinny's stuff, check it out down below. Uh, there's links down there to pretty much everything I've got for him. For Vinny and the Night Prowlers, there is going to be some new Vinny and the Night Prowlers uh, music coming out. They're recording. And I actually got to hear some like rough copies of some of the stuff, like little bits of what they're doing. And holy cow, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds really good. Uh, Vince is... is He's got a style that's all his own. He likes what he likes and he plays what he plays and that's one of the things I enjoy about him the most is is he makes a choice and he sticks to his guns and he works hard and you can see that people enjoy it and you can see the growth that has been happening because he works hard. So hats off to you, Vinny. Uh, it's paying off, man. It's paying off in every aspect of your life, all this working hard that you're doing. So so keep after it. And for those of you that uh, know Vinny personally, you know that he's... Uh, no stranger to having fun, so I'm sure he's going to have a lot of fun while he's while he's doing all this. So, super cool to see him out there playing shows. You know, I don't know if I would have imagined when we played jam, you know, at a jam, if he would, you know, where he would be, you know, three years from then. And and here he is. He's just out there crushing it. So, uh, hats off to you, Vinny. Love it. If you guys are looking for any Audible Farm stuff, there's Audible Farm links down below. Vinny's links, the Audible Farm shop, the Patreon channel, the website. For the Patreon channel, it's a dollar a month, $12 a year. You get all the video versions of the podcast. Check it out if it's something that interests you to watch the video versions. Otherwise, the audio versions will always be free no matter where you go. The website has links to all of the Audible Farm stuff, social media, the shop, all sorts of goodies. Or you can go directly to shop.audiblefarm.com or click on the link down below for the shop and find all sorts of Audible Farm goodies. Uh, I'm going to update the shop tonight with uh, current quantities of what's available. I did recently sell out of another variety of a uh, certain size of a shirt. So if you guys were still on the fence about maybe getting a shirt, uh, I think you better hop on it because I don't think I'm going to end up ordering any more of the one variety of a shirt that I that I made recently. So check it out, uh, shop.audiblefarm.com. Otherwise, audiblefarm.com's got all the goodies. Uh, we are available on all social medias. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, share, tweet, poke, Instagram it. If you guys got any uh, awesome Audible Farm merch, uh, take a picture, send it to me. Let's uh, share those around too. That'll be pretty fun to see who's wearing what or where the stickers are all at. It's so fun getting pictures of the stickers in different bathrooms and on people's uh, different gear and things like that. So hats off to you guys for sticking the stickers everywhere. They are all over the place. I am going to be out of here for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Once again, thanks, Vinny, for swinging over and doing a podcast with me. It's one of my favorite people. All right, I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.